Good afternoon, mate. How you doing? Hi, Miranda. How you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm wicked. I'm really, really chuffed to speak to you. I don't know where to start because, of, you know, you're sending me music all the time. You're collaborating with people. There was a track you did recently with Tanya Lacey. There's a remix that you did lately, which was just off the hook and completely different to so much stuff you're doing. So just tell us a little bit about you and the ethos of Kainas and who you are. So Kainas is, is me as a rapper. Yeah. yeah. K-Star. Yeah. Is like a brand I created to, I don't know, use my influence or experience in the music game to help others. I've kind of got a few arms of it. So I've got like a music management arm. I've got a record label arm. I've got clothing arm and like um, a consultation arm as well. So everything I've embodied in my 15 to 20 years on and off in the music game, and my experiences, I've, there is a service under the K-Star umbrella which can help young musicians all over the world, not just Bristol, but I obviously I try and concentrate on Bristol because it's home, but like I, I'm kind of managing artists outside of Bristol as well. So I've got to say, it sounds like what is really important to you is helping other people because that is straight what you've gone in for. You know, you could have been talking about you, the rapper, the record label, your clothing line so much, but already I'm hearing that actually helping other people is maybe a big part of what you want to do. Or, am I right? Yeah, yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm a helper first. I, when I've analysed myself, like even when as a kid when I used to play football, I, used to, I, I chose music over football, but like I had like trials for like Bristol Rovers, Shrewsbury Town, so I was, at a good, I was at a good level. So even then, like I, I wasn't interested in being the goal scorer. I was interested in going past three or four people and setting up someone else to score. So I've always been happy um, not to be the main guy, if that makes sense. I've always been happy to assist people. So what, what happened with me, I started off at like buying reggae vinyls. I started like as a kid, as like a 13, 14 year old. Started kind of listening to like your Budge Bantons, your, your Terror Fabulouses, your Capotons. And I used to buy the records and play them at my house. And then I got into like mimicking the records and then obviously then trying it myself. And then what I used to do, all the other older guys around me, I used to help promote them, like talk about their stuff all the time. But when I thought like, when I ch checked it out, I was talking about their stuff, but was not getting anything back for it. So I was just like doing free promotions. And so I just started kind of, started to write myself and then started putting out my own stuff. And what I found is when I started to concentrate on, on myself, came and started to get bigger and started to attract people want to be involved in my thing and invest in me and here we are today and boy have you done so much i mean just give our listeners the few that don't know who you are a little yeah. bit of an idea of who you've worked with so i've worked with damon album from blur and the gorillas he's like british royalty like along with like the likes of oasis and that i've worked with cardinal fisher who was one of acorn's first signings so basically he was Canada's biggest rapper before Drake came along. Um, I've worked with, got a song with Movado. Um, English-wise, uh, Roots Manuva, who's like UK hip-hop royalty. Um, I've worked with loads, man. I've worked with some top um, New Zealand rappers. I've got 
on my last album, um, Voice in the City, I've got Voice in the City. I've got about about ten songs from uh, a, an Australian production duo who've gone on to sign with a publishing deal with Virginia and mine. Now they're working with like LMA, Rihanna. Um, so man's got access to all those type of people, like. I love it. I love it. But you also do loads of work with local people. I love Bristol Grammar. I know it's going back a while yeah. now. But yeah, yeah. You know, the collabs with Carousel and, you know, and Blacksmith and, you know, really, again, Bristol royalty. Do you know what I mean? I love that. I don't know how important is it is the Bristol scene to you or is it not? Is it irrelevant where we are and our history and music? How do you feel about that? You want my honest opinion? You mentioned a few names there, but like, for me, my thing was... I was out here on my own flying this Bristol flag. I didn't have a collaboration with a Ronnie Sides, although it was talked about. I didn't have a collaboration with a Massive Attack, although we've got 3D's vocals and one of our beats. Those songs never come to fruition. I just feel as Canaan's, I didn't get handed down the baton to right. be one of them. You see what I'm saying? So I've been that guy who's been out here working a nine to five, but looking like I'm some signed artist. And so, I've had to keep up the level of music to look like I'm on my way to be one of those those famous Bristol names. But the reality of it, in order to be one of those big famous names, you need a big record company machine behind you. And I never, ever had that. I know, so, and it's really hard, isn't it? It's really hard. People see us as this really connected city with all these great names, but actually breaking through and getting that leg up is incredibly difficult. We don't all know each other. We don't all run in the same circles and the baton isn't passed on. And it's really, really hard. I yeah. have worked with a lot of people that you've mentioned, but mm -hmm. not, not necessarily, it hasn't necessarily helped me. I mean, I shouldn't say that because some people like Massive Attack went out of their way to help me when I started my career. But that was mm -hmm. just pure coincidence. We're at the right age, we're at the right time. I hear you, I understand what you're saying, but what I'll say about Massive Attack, they've done a lot for my career in terms of they let us use their studio, they let us Have get they? Yeah, yeah, like, they're not bad guys. And to be fair, they did try and sign me, but my manager at the time, kind of blocked the deal because he he tried to be too greedy with the deal. Another thing where me and one of Ronnie Sizes' acts at the time called Clip, me and him had a song. My manager got a bit too greedy and it stopped the deal. So what I'm saying is like basically Massive Attack out of anyone have helped, but someone's put their foot in to stop that help and they won't come direct to me. Because if I've introduced you to someone, you're going to stay loyal to the guy who introduced you to that someone, no matter how big that someone becomes, because at the end of the day, you wouldn't know about that person if it wasn't for that middle person, if that makes sense. So I feel that in itself was one of the things. In 2005, I got offered to leave my manager. I got offered Akon on a song with me if I left my manager. And I turned around and said no, because my manager at the time invested some money into me and I said well I've got to live in the same city as, as this man and I'm a yeah. little dude so if anything's going to prosper because it's an American label the arm of Universal Records America and, and they said like oh we'll give you Akon most people would have snapped their hand off but I said nah like any deal needs to involve my manager they said nah you got to leave your manager and come with us and I said nah well I ain't doing that so they said alright cool see you later but I was like cool with that because I could sleep at night with that but then what happened was 
my manager left me for them after I turned down the biggest opportunity in my life. No. Yeah, that's what happened to me. That, that, no. That's what happened to me. That's what happened. Oh my God. That's what happened to me. So that's why I am so relentless in what I do now. And when it comes to managing acts, I feel I'm the most fairest person. I put my acts before me. Sure. It's you such a cutthroat industry though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. you know, it is so cutthroat. I'll tell you what, I've, I've tried to quit so many times and Sutton in me won't let me quit because I, like what happened after that then? So check this out. So this is where good karma and, and loyalty <laughs> will get you places, right? So where I turned on that guy back then, yeah. Who offered me Acon, yeah? Yeah. The success of Acon, he rose up the ladder. Through the success of Acon, he rose up the ladder in Universal. And three years later, I sent him an email of a track I got with Roots Maneuver. And he responded to the email, said he liked the track. Now, we got in talks, and I said, well, what are you doing now? He, he, at the, he was now, he had now the senior vice president of Motown Records. Oh my days. So he was he was looking after the likes of Erica Badu, wow. Cash Money, Drake. So we had a meeting and on top of that, that was his day job. But on top of that he's 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 originally from New Zealand. He had a he had a label in New Zealand called MTC, um, which was an armor universal in New Zealand. And he he put out a single through that label for me and he put Cardinal Fisher on the song. Wow. So, so, so basically, what, what I'm trying to say is like, he saw my loyalty back then. Yeah. And that's why when I went back to him in 08, 09, we developed a relationship. And now he, well, he became my manager. And since then, let's fast forward to 2022. He now, he's now in charge of Bad Habit Records, which is an arm of universe no it's the arm of Atlanta records america and they've got burner boy as their main act yeah? yeah so 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 basically where this k-star thing comes in now they get first refusal on all my acts so i've bridged the gap so if i find a hot artist in bristol which i believe i've got in my stable and i start to build them up and i go to them and say yeah i've done as much as i can what can you do they will take their, those artists to the next level. So a few of my artists on my label, Castro, and a couple of more artists have met these people, these Americans. I've just come back from London early hours of this morning, and I was in a meeting with them. They're in the country at the moment with their other artists. So, so basically, to cut a long story short, although I turned them down back then, they saw my loyalty back then, and that loyalty back then is now working for me now in 2022, if that makes sense. That's amazing, isn't it? Because, you know, we always hear about what we think are these overnight successes, but they never are. They're people like nah. you who've been working behind the scenes. Not that you've been behind the scenes, but for years, working hard, hard, hard. And yeah. what I want to ask you is, you know, you've had these opportunities and you've always stuck to your guns and you've remained independent. Would you rather just get that big deal and go and sign with a big record company? Or is it about remaining independent? What's more important to you? What, at the moment? Yeah, at the moment. At the moment. So I've I've kind of, like, I've kind of maneuvered myself into a position where I've got revenue streams, yeah. which could keep me comfortable making my own decisions in music, if that mm. makes sense. 
yeah. right? So, 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 all legal, like whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, I've never sold drugs of anything illegal like that. Not a criminal or whatever. But so, basically, I'm my own boss. So, so what I'm trying to say, when it comes to a record deal, I wouldn't just do a record deal and just sign it over. I'd do a partnership. Right. So, so it'd be like K Star alongside. Because sure. I've I've done all this on my own anyway. So and I'm being recognized by Atlanta Records in America. So why would I just go and Right. Sign? You, you see what I'm saying? So I do, I do. And you've been in the industry long enough now. It is how much has it changed going back to sort of, you know, twenty years ago to now? You know, is it all about being independent? Because it does seem or is it just because the market's flooded? with so much talent because of the internet. I'm just trying to get my grip and my head around how the music industry has changed over the last 20 years. What do the, you think? The internet has opened up the game. So whereas when I first started, to do a song, you'd have to physically go to a studio to do a song. I, I come from the era of, if I want to get my song added to a compilation or a mix CD someone's putting up, I'd have to have a physically burnt CD of the tune and send it in the post to that person. Yeah. Whereas now you could do that via email. Now you can you could send your, your your verse or your hook through an email to someone else and they could at their end, if they're in a yeah. bedroom setup, record their verse and send it back to you the same night. It's just instant. It's just like yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. now now that's the difference. Now when you get things like like I still I still put out CDs. Yeah, vinyl, vinyl itself was the biggest seller last year. So that tells you there is still a demand. So when you've got all these record companies and these little, these DSPs, which are um, digital service providers like Spotify's and all that, yeah? Okay. When they, when they make up a rule to say, yeah, let's do everything through digitally. We don't need physical CDs. And then what they do, they speak to the car manufacturers and say, yeah, stop putting cds in the vehicles they speak to the computer people yeah apple stop putting cd drives in your computer because we're driving everything towards digital so it's all mp3 it's all streaming it's all so they're all in cahoots with each other so that's the difference so when something new comes in can you remember the mini disc oh god yeah we used to have them at right. yeah there you go so you've gone from tdk cassettes to cds well, actually, we could go back to the four tracks, right? Back at MTP slash Galaxy, driving my show was like flying a rocket ship. I mean, I loved it. I would literally have all of it from a DAT tape to the MP3 mini disc, right. to the right. four tracks, to CDs, to vinyl. Right. We had the lot. It was bonkers. Right. And you remember when they said a mobile phone, you'll be able to watch a TV program from it. We was like, nah, no way. No way. <laughs> yeah. I see people doing radio interviews with their mobile phone because the mic's so good. So that's the advancement in technology. But what I do, I use both. So social media as well. Social media is very important because it doesn't matter how good the music is anymore. It's, it's, the, it's the imagery. You could have the best music but not have the best clothes. So your music's going to stay where it stays. But it could be a guy with the best clothes with the rubbish of music. But because he looks good, he's going to get all the followers. It's all mad. <laughs> it's basically all mad now. All right, then. I'm not even going to mention their names. I could, but I'm not. But, right, you've got people older than me who've got TikTok accounts and they're doing dances and all that. I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Leave that to the kids, mate. Like, I'm not going to be prancing around on TikTok. I'm not doing it. 
I got a laugh because what's really funny is I was invited to speak on a panel for the Radio Academy and I was kind of representing community radio and the rest of them were like the most influential employers in radio. And they right. were all about the social media. I was like, what, what is it that you look for now in a radio presenter? Because there's no local commercial stations now. So there's very little work for radio presenters out yeah. there. It's all networked from London. And I'm like, for the young people who want you know, to break into the industry, what advice have you got for them? And they said, it's all about social media and TikTok. Forget just being a presenter. You need to have the skills to, to video edit, to make those TikTok videos. And they said, if somebody comes to us now and they can do all that video editing and they can understand how social media works then there was those will be the people who get the jobs not the radio presenters i've got an eight-year-old who can do video edits and tiktoks and all that like she would have to run my show if i was to go that route about it but i refuse yeah. because my thing is this music to me is my therapy like when I put pen to paper and I think out what I'm writing and what I'm going to sing or what I'm going to write or rap, it means something for me. It, it serves a purpose where it's taking a bit of stress off of my head. It's right? cathartic and I can hear that in your lyrics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not going to, for the life of me, take my deep, meaningful lyrics and try and video a video of me prancing about. Yeah. No, it's for not what TikTok. It's about. Nah, I'm not doing it. Like, I, I won't do it. So. And that's not music to me. But then you can still recognise it as a platform to get out yeah. there and show clips of what you're doing. Them influencers are saying to you, yeah, you have to go through social media and TikTok. Some people are not taking that information as literal. What they're doing, they're seeing what people are doing on TikToks and copying them, not tailoring it to how it work, how it could work for you. Like, all right, then for instance, have you heard of a girl called Pink Cancellus? She's from Bath. Just got signed for 2.5 million pounds. And what she was doing, she was the first person, well, in the UK to crack TikTok musically. So what she done, she was taking little clips of like little jungle samples of her singing in her room, not 30 second clips. And she got viral off of one of those clips, signed for 2.5 mil, so I think universal. And then publishing company matched that 5 million pounds. Wow. She's from Bath, mate. That's bonkers. That's what I'm saying, but it goes to show what them radio people are saying to you about TikTok and all that. Yeah, it does work, but that's a younger generation thing. Now, me as a manager, I can't say to Castro and say, yo, Cast, like, I think you should do this like that because that's how you're going to get to the money. If Castro turns around and says to me, okay, like, that's just not me. What am I going to do? Say, Castro, you got to do that to get to the... No, I'm not going to do that. So what gonna... do you do? How are you going to compete with this kind of, this whole new TikTok industry? What is it that Canis is going to do to make sure that you and your artists still get recognised and heard? My thing is this. I believe in the music will be good. You've got to have radio behind you. One thing I know, when they're saying all this TikTok stuff, they still got radio behind them. I think if radio, if, if your song's good and radio take it to your songs, that will create enough tension for you to attract someone who is willing to invest because no one's going to get global without out of the investment. That's, that's a certain, right? Yeah. Now, now, I was saying this to someone on Twitter the other day. They were saying, oh, someone's got number one uh, independently. I said, what do you call independent? Because I tell you what, a lot of people claim they're independent, but they've got distribution bills through 
like through, through major record companies. Now that's not independent to him. Now he was trying to go back and forth, but like he ended up replying because he just knew what talks to an idiot. So basically, like for you, Miranda, if you had a hundred grand in your pocket to spend on an artist you believe in, right? Your hundred grand in your pocket to spend on like PR, radio plugin, putting your artist on the road for like a little, you know, what I mean UK. UK mini tour of eight cities, yeah? Yeah. Would not do the, it. That hundred grand in your pocket will not, you won't get as far with your hundred grand in your pocket then Universal, Sony, etc., etc. will get with their hundred grand in their pocket. You know why? Because they are who they are and their relationship will always mean more than your money in your pocket. You see what I'm saying? So it's relationships what I'm trying to say. So I've reached a ceiling where I know I could go no further unless I partner up with these people. Yes. So that's where we're at. So that's that's amazing. Do you know what? And I've done a few interviews with people, including Tanya Lacey recently, who spoke so highly of you when you got in touch said doing an interview, I was like, oh this is great timing. But one of the key things that most people I interview in this industry all say it's about collaboration. Yeah. 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 You got a partner. So you got to think, look at Jay-Z. Jay-Z's one of the richest men in, in music, yeah? He couldn't get signed. In, in the end, he'd done it independently and they all were biting his hand off. And like the question you asked me, would I sign now? Yeah. No, they're, they're after partnering with me now because I've done too much just yeah. to sign away and call some of my boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, totally. I totally, totally get it. And you know what you're saying then? What's really interesting is that you recognise the platform of radio. And what I find now, what, what's a real shame is, and I, I don't mean to harp on it about the Galaxy Radio days, and I know I talk about it a lot, but what we had there was a platform with three and a half million listeners that was playing emerging dance music, underground dance music, where they're just, and fair play to the bosses, because they were forward thinking and groundbreaking in the style of radio that we did. Yeah. You do have Radio One Extra, but apart from that, you know, apart from community radio stations like Kojima, there isn't that platform and that audience. We were getting songs into the charts purely off sales in Bristol from a record that hadn't been played anywhere else in the country. So the record companies knew the the kind of platform that Galaxy had. Yeah. What other stations are doing that now? Where would you go to to get your music played? Listen, all right, I'll give you an example, yeah? So... For people who don't know, there's, there's people called radio pluggers, yeah? Yeah. So a radio plugger will take a song, you've you got to pay them between £500 up to fifteen to £2,000, yeah? yeah? So then take your music and send an email to the, like, the, the, so all the, their the biggest music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it could be the, the, the programme producer who does the biggest, or the nine o'clock rap show or one extra on a Saturday. Yeah. But... You spending that money is not guaranteeing you're going to get a spin, but no. you spend that money on the hope that you that they like your truth. Your track is more likely to get heard because it's coming from somebody that they know. So right. rather so, than a blind email yes. coming, yes. it's coming from a contact. Right, right. So you're paying for that. You're paying for them to send the truth through their email instead of yours. Because yeah. I've had a situation where I sent my tune to say Kiss FM. And then see the light of day. But I've paid a grand for a radio plugger, right? Who sent them a different tune and they weren't feeling the different tune. But what they did, they went back to the email I originally sent them and chose one of them tunes. Wow. Imagine, imagine that. Yeah. 
yeah that's what you're dealing with now when you say like radio i concentrate on Ujima, bcfm all the local stations because yeah. you've got you've got to lock down your home city before you go anywhere else yeah, yeah. I've been played on Radio One. I've had, I've, I've done Radio One made of our sessions. You know what I mean? I've done, I've been playlisted on One Extra. I've done all that. But in today's world, it's hard. Like, you have to, like I said, that look example of like the hundred grand in your pocket compared to the hundred grand in a record company's pocket. It's going to be two different reactions you're going to get. Same with the email. Same way I send the email. But they don't respond until someone else sends the email and then go they go back and look at my email because they now know I'm associated to the to the person they like. So to get ahead in the industry, you need to get one extra spins. Now you're not getting one extra spins unless you're on a major label. You're not getting plays spins, you're not, or you've got distribution for it. And that's all it is. And all right, then another thing, Spotify. Everyone's trying to talk about their Spotify numbers. You're not getting on the big Spotify playlist unless you're with a major. I've studied it. I, I, I know what's going on. Yes. So hence why now I'm really gearing up my artists towards, we're skipping London. We're going straight to America. Like, so my relationship is with a guy who's it's Bad Habit Records and they're part of Universal America. And any artist, like I've got a couple of artists they're interested in at the moment. If they get them over a line with a deal, you're going to start seeing major progress for Bristol again. Not the same, okay, home from massive, like the same names that massive pack calls oh, But we've got to do something. Okay, I've been talking to like the young youngers that are coming into Ujima and that. They don't know who Massive Attack and Porter said are or Tricky. They literally haven't heard of them. We've got to we've got to bring we've got to bring the spotlight back on Bristol, I'm telling you. Honestly. Awesome. And they haven't even heard of Ronnie size. I'm like, wow. wow. Just showing wow. my age, you know. Yeah, wow. so, so we definitely need the spotlight. You know, something that's really interesting, actually, is somebody who gets sent a lot of music. And even back in the day, and I just was on a panel with some Radio 1 DJs and that. A lot mm-hmm. of mistake that people make is they don't actually send it to a specific person. They'll just send it to the program controller. And they won't have bothered to find out the name of the program controller. If you send, if there's like, you've got a genre of music, you're playing hip hop, find out who the hip hop DJ is on that station and get their email and send it directly to them. That can make such a big difference. Like if I get sent a rock track, I mean, it's just getting deleted straight away because they obviously don't know me and haven't bothered to find out what kind of music I play. So I'm not going to be playing rock music. So mm-hmm. there's a few things you can do, can't there? If somebody's listening and they're thinking, oh, what yeah. can we do? Especially yeah. on a local level, you know? Yeah, well, so, so for instance, Trevor Nelson. Trevor Nelson played a tune I got called Watch You on Radio 1, yeah? He played that because Ras Kwame was the homegrown, the homegrown one extra guy at the time, yeah? Yeah. He's now, he's now in Capital. Yeah. He, he was into my stuff. So I sent him Watch You. He liked it. But his producer, his producer was the same producer as Trevor Nelson's Radio One show. So the the producer got in contact with me and said, "Listen, send me everything you got." Like, so I sent the producer, "Watch you," and then Trevor Nelson played on Radio One. Your point is correct. Like, I've just come from a meeting in London yesterday, yeah, with a lot of records of America, and I've gotten the last train home. I've got home at 1.15. I've got a cab home. I've jumped straight in my car. And I've gone up to Clifton and met Charlie Sloth. 
who used to be the main he, he took over from Tim Westwood on Radio 1 and stuff he's now on Beats Radio yeah but I made sure I left London in time to go and meet Charlie Soft in Bristol because he's playing in Bristol he put me on his guest list went and locked in with him and I'd done that because I couldn't have him coming this guy's played my music on Radio 1 and 1 Extra so I couldn't have him come to my city and me not go and pass through and say my highs and catch up because He's helped me in life. He's been, yeah. And that's the relationships you've got to build. Absolutely. And networking and, and yeah. getting out there. I mean, tough, when I used to DJ, every time I got another gig was when I was at a gig. So for someone like me who's a single mum and, you know, can't go out anymore, I mm. had to just put the car brushes on being the DJ. And that's fine. That's, you know, I'm too old for all that nonsense now anyway. You're but never it too old. it's absolutely ne- about being out there. You're never too old. <laughs> You don't know how old I am. <laughs> you, you, you're never too old. Music, no, right? No, now. but I'm concentrating on being a mum for now, you know, and um, that when he's grown up yeah. and the nest, I can look at that kind of thing again. That's cool. That's cool. But you're absolutely yeah. right. Networking, yeah. networking. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, I've always been good at networking. So, 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 so when people like, all right then, so my first video, it was on a channel called, it was, it was only MTV and then the next channel come about called Channel U. And I was at work and my and my wife said, oh, look at this channel. So I've come home from work, I've seen this channel and I've seen a couple names I knew. But at this time, we, we shot a video and it was the first video shot in film, the first video to use green screen technology. Yeah, it cost, it cost, it cost us five grand to make at a budget, a TV company made it, yeah? Yeah. At the time. And, um, it looked like a £20,000 video, yeah? That video made my name in the UK. So it went on this channel called Channel U. It was, it, it, at the time, Channel U was like, what, Grind Daily is now to the youth. Like, everyone goes to Grind Daily to watch the new videos. Channel U was getting a million viewers a week. My video was getting played 10 times a day for eight months straight. It was the top three video on there for eight months. So imagine that's getting played for eight months, a million viewers a week. That's, that's just amazing. So that's how the Kana's name got known. Yeah. yeah. Off of a video called Hectic, a tune I done with a guy called Pilo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so that's what made my name. And then after that, one extra came about and found out about me and then I got the one extra where I had like people like Rocky P, Daddy Skits, Champion Me, DJ Semtex, who's now one of the middle managers up in Sony now. All these people have played my music. So now people like Matt like Matt Free. Um, I like Matt Free because he's like, hey, you should have blown. And your music now, you should still do it because it's good enough to blow. And I'm like, well, yeah. I understand all that, but that's not my main goal right now. It is and it ain't, right? Because I just believe there's a bigger goal, like in terms of getting Bristol on the map. I've seen London blow. I've seen Manchester blow. I see Birmingham blow. Like, what are we, what, why are we still talking about Massive Attack and Port Zed? Like now, yeah. like now, we, we need some names. And I've, I've, got, I've got some of the best names here. Well, that, that's amazing because you know what I realised from what I said earlier is that people aren't still talking about them, those names. And don't get me wrong, Massive Attack Blue Lines is still one of my all-time favourite albums. I love it. New Forms was iconic. You know, the Represent album, the Merc Prize winning album. I love it. But it's 20 years old, 25 yeah. years old. 
you know oh. it, it is and what we need is exactly what you're doing with a stable of artists collaborating with some of the just some of the local names from you know i know she's you know almost outgrown us but tanya lacy but then the work you've done with heart toes and um that time sweeping what am i thinking of that a song um that you did time counting is it time, time is counting remix. yeah remind us who was on that all right so time is counting. so all right so the original yeah had a guy called genesis elijah from, Love it. Uh, london brixton yeah. Brilliant. So, so it was on the original, and then yeah. because of because of the heat that true done, yeah. I said I'm gonna do a remix because that was meant to be my my retirement song. <laughs> because because I want to concentrate on management and the label, but because because the, the tune grew less, I couldn't just leave it like that. So I said, how can I better that? So in in 2010 i've done bristol grammar then i've done a bristol grammar remix and that yeah. just blew up so i said all right let me just sign off with a remix then so i thought let me just show bristol let me just show the world this is bristol so yeah that's why i've got like tanya lacy grim sickers genesis elijah ellis impact Merv. Man, impact Merv. wise guy wise guy <laughs> yeah like i got them on there and they've done the true justice they, it was they, amazing they, it's amazing amazing and the, vid- and the video is amazing as well i just thought that true still hasn't had his his full no his definitely full not it de- so, absolutely absolutely it can still have its yeah. day and i think yeah. that that's what's really exciting about the work that you're doing do you think that you've got you you've got k-star you know the 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 umbrella with the clothing and the record label and the consultancy and then obviously your music and you're such a great producer a great rapper do you think that detracts from your music or do of you it just think yeah of course it does of course yeah. it's what my what my okay was music yeah of course it does right but i realized that okay but what yeah. i would do what i would do when you say you hear different releases from me when there's a low or when the artist ain't got nothing, nothing ready, I'm always working in the background. So if my artist ain't got nothing of a level which can go out there, then I'll put out my stuff. Kanas, I just put in Kanas right in before we met today mm-hmm. <laughs> on the on my search engine. You've yeah. got like a gazillion pages of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. You are one of the probably hardest working artists that have ever existed. And it's incredible. The stable of people that you've worked with is phenomenal. And if there is anyone listening who hasn't come across your work today, you must go and listen to his SoundCloud, go to Bandcamp, whatever. He's everywhere. Listen to his music. We will play Time Is Counting at the end of this interview. I want to ask you if there's one track you really want me to play today, what would that be? Play... Play My Life. I don't know what I'm play, play My Life. That's me and Celestine of the Voice of Voice of the City album. That tune, I still want to shoot a video to it to this day because it's so mean. It, it's basically it'll tell you my career up until this day. What's Celestine up to these days? Celestine, so off the back of my tune with Celestine, yeah. I've seen a whole heap of opportunities come our way. So she, I think she was. She started touring with um, a drum and bass band called Dr. Mika. Of course, yes. The group Black Box. She's touring with Dr. Mika. Now I know she's doing tunes with, she's appearing on certain rappers' albums and all that. But I know, I know, I put her in that shop window. 
kind okay. of thing because everyone forgot about Celestine because Celestine has known Celestine for years well it was Celestine when she was 16 she won a BBC competition yeah yeah and she I don't know whether you know the story it was a, it was like a what X Factor was then back then okay yeah, yeah. She 16 she won on BBC one and she she got to perform in front of the Queen or something like that yeah yeah and then she was 16 she had the same lawyer as Madonna at the age of 16 Sony signed to so- someone to sign or signed to Sony and a lot of politics got involved and nothing really became of that opportunity I don't know right. I can't really speak I'm not in her family so I don't know sure, sure. But, but what I will say is that I remember her voice from them we were on the same talent shows and so forth so Celestine was someone I always wanted to work with. Tanya Lacey was someone I always wanted to work with because me and Tanya Lacey used to work for the REC. And when she, she was, when she was, yeah, yeah, we used to work for the REC and she was singing with Lady Black and she was t- talking to me about some stuff. And I said, listen, I said, you need to do your solo stuff. Yeah. It was like, like, you, you, like, like, yeah, it's all good doing the Lady Black stuff, but you're not in yourself. Yeah, and and then she took that advice, and then she ended up getting a deal, which is good. Amazing. She's doing some amazing collaborations again. That to her was kind of like the key collaborating. So let's let's kind of just wrap this up and talk about what's happening at the moment with Kanas. What music should we be looking out for? What artists should we be looking out for? Okay, so if you go on my Instagram, it's at k underscore ners. I've got a list of artists I'm, I'm working with. So from like video directors and CHMD visuals to like Caravan Boys, who I feel is the next big thing in UK hip hop. I've got a, a, a rapper called JM who's studying in Northampton. I just put him out on, um, he was number three in the Ujima charts last month, actually. Chunka oh, yeah. I've got Castro. We're about to release something new from him. I've got a, I've got an indie guy who I reckon is my next Ed Sheeran. I reckon he's the next Ed Sheeran. Wait till you hear him. Wait till you hear him. And and, and all these artists I've got, I've already played them to Atlanta Records America, and they've given me the green light in terms of yeah, he's good. So now it's now it's my job to reach to create a buzz for them and, and get them popping. So my buzz is to get them popping, and then they'll come in and take over from there. So I'm saying. So there's a lot going on. We haven't touched on the clothes, the clothing line. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, the clothing thing is just a little hobby of mine, but it's just kind of grew and grew. Like, it's like a merch idea, but I've, I've kind of done it where it's becoming a lifestyle thing now, where people are actually believing in the brand and seeing it out. Because in most of my videos, I'll have a new, new range of clothing in the videos. And off the back of the videos, people start to say, hey, okay, can I get that? Can I get a cut? Can I get a wood? Like, the winter came, I done some beanie hats for the first time. I couldn't keep up with the demand. You know, it, it, it's mad. So I bought, like, tracksuits, T-shirts, hoodies, jackets. I got the load, but it's, that's not the, the goal. The goal is to get, get these artists popping out of Bristol. But, mm-hmm. the, but the clothing is there. But really, I need to really bring on a team to kind of like, because I can't do it all. No, you can't, I'm, you can't. I can't, I can't do it all. Yeah. So I need, to, I need to create some little teams for these little arms of K-Star I've got going, you get me? 
I'm sure it's all going to happen. Listen, you know, you know, K-Star as an entity itself has just got longevity and I can hear the passion. I've followed you on the socials for years. I've always loved what you've got to say. Do you know what I mean? You're really obviously a good guy with, a, with you just, you know, everything you do, you've got a good ethos about it. And I just know that everything's going to come good for you. I think the collaborations you've done are off the hook. And um, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen over the next 10 years. Kana's has been a real, real, it's just been absolutely wicked to get you on the show. Well, next time we we'll get you in the studio, yeah? Yeah, thanks for having me. And all, I, all I've got to say is people got this perception of me because sometimes I just say how it is. Yeah, so, I love that. That's what, so. that's what driven to you <laughs> on social media because you always call people out, not in a horrible way, yeah. but you do say what you think and yeah. you're not going to take any BS. No, I'm not. And now nah, I'm too lo- like I can't. My heart won't allow me to. So it's either I'm like Mama, you either love me or hate me. But I am a good guy. Like my yeah. heart is in the right place. So yeah. that's all you need to know. Isn't it? Like, Listen, so. we got you. We got you. Yeah, you know that. Keep the music coming. Thank and you. And just thanks for all that you're doing for the city of Bristol. Do you know what I mean? We, I we try, need man. people like you, Kainers. We really do. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. know that it's going to be thanks to you that we're going to have a spotlight back on the city. And I can't wait to see that happen. It'll be sooner than you think. Trust me. Can't wait. Trust can't me. wait. Keep that all music right. coming. And yeah, we got you. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, Take care. Cheers, right. mate.